Hey friends, I'm Chloe Thomas, a brand and website designer for dedicated entrepreneurs, but also your host for the Brand and Brew podcast. This is the only branding podcast that will kickstart your day, your business, and your well-being. I'm here to make the hustle less of a hassle, so let's grab your coffee, plug in your headphones, and let's just roll with it. This branding podcast makes self-care and success an integral part of running a business. Your small business doesn't have to take it all, and all of my guests are here to show you how. As we go, you'll learn all the things branding, websites, wellness, and entrepreneurship. Consider Brandon Brew your daily cup of joe, but for your mind and your business. Hey friends, welcome back to episode 19 of the Brandon Brew podcast. I feel like I have recorded so many more episodes than just 19, but here I am recording this episode and we are actually going to be starting a series today on Brandon Brew, which is behind the scenes of our processes here at CCS. We get lots of questions about how we do things around here, how things are structured, what our process looks like. And so throughout the duration of this series on the podcast, I'm going to go through a few different kind of like categories of questions that we get asked regarding our processes. So this episode will be all about like our business structure, how we set ourselves up as an LLC, how I organize finances how I started um, like finding clients in the first place, what's our organizational structure, and lots more. I think that this will be helpful for any sort of business owner trying to get started or especially if you're a designer and you're new to the design world and you kind of are confused on where to go next. So this episode will outline all of those things just from the perspective of how we done it, (laughs) done it, did it, and um, and how you can kind of apply it to you and your own business. So whenever I like to give others advice or mentor them or coach them in any certain way, I don't necessarily want to tell you, you need to do X, Y, Z, and then you're going to hit this goal, whatever. I honestly like to listen more to who I'm talking to, hear what they kind of want, and then provide my own advice to them and um, what I would do in their scenario. So that's what this episode will be like geared towards and structured um, similarly, and hopefully it's super informational for you. Just to give you a little bit more of a sneak peek of the rest of the series, so next week we are going to have the behind the scenes of our branding process. So if you're a designer and you kind of need some help tweaking your branding process, you can listen in and get some tips and tricks from um, my creative director, Amy. She's going to be on the podcast with me just talking through our brand process and her thought process and all that thing, all the things. And then the following week, I'll be talking about um, the web design process, what that looks like, how it's structured. And I think this is even great if you're an ideal client of ours or if you've been thinking about working with us, if you kind of just want to get like an inside scoop on who you'd be working with, what the process would look like before you spend the investment, this episode and all the episodes to follow will be really great and really informational um, to listen into before you work with us. 
first and foremost, I want to chat about something really important, but that is often overlooked and forgotten because we don't really know like when we're supposed to do this or what type we're supposed to be. And so this is just about how to set yourself up as an LLC. And it doesn't have to be an LLC. I'm just putting that and using it because it's what we are. Um, You can be a sole proprietorship, you can be a partnership, you can be all these different kinds of things. Just do your research on the different business types. And then once you've decided, we need to go ahead and get you registered with the Secretary of State. So what I did whenever I figured out I wanted to actually become an LLC, I went to the actual office of the Secretary of State, drove up there and told them I wanted to start a business, an LLC specifically, They gave me all the paperwork and I sat there and I filled it all out. So in this paperwork, it essentially is just saying that you're the owner, um, you're going to put down like your business address if you have it, any emergency contact, if um, you have like a headquarters, you can write that on there, Um, anything like that, like logistically and um, professionally for your business. So once you do this, um, for me, I had to pay like a fee in order to file. And so I did all of that. And then I got back all of my articles of organization. So now that means that whenever you go to the Secretary of State, you can actually look up Chloe Creative Studio LLC and I will come up as the business owner and things like that. It's super important to get your business registered because of taxes and all that good stuff. So um, I believe once you make a certain amount in your business, that is when you need to be starting to think about filing. I know that I didn't file myself as an LLC until I knew that I was making a specific amount of income. And then once I hit that point, I was like, okay, I need to register myself and honestly that is it that's all you need to do um and i believe that after that i had to contact the irs and get all of my um, employer identification numbers just for tax documents whenever the wonderful tax season comes around um so i just totally suggest getting all that squared away for your business if you're new and wanting to establish something just take a look at your income numbers see where you're at see if you're actually serious about um, starting a business because that filing fee for any kind of business is like over a hundred dollars so if you're younger that's probably a bigger expense but if that honestly isn't too big for you then just go ahead and do it to be safe so once i registered myself as an llc and i recognized that i was getting clients Now, a popular question that we get asked is, number one, how I chose a niche, and then number two, how I found and got in front of my ideal client. And these are awesome questions. So number one, how I chose my niche is going to be back a few episodes in an introductory um, episode. I believe it's like one or three maybe um so go look back and listen to my story on how i niche down into dietitians the wellness industry all that good stuff i'm not gonna um talk too much about that but essentially i just um was presented an opportunity with my first client being a registered dietitian nutritionist i read up on the industry and literally loved the fact that i could learn from them Um, at the same time that they're learning from me about branding and website design. And so that's kind of where that began. 
Um, the second question we get asked a lot is how my ideal client like found me and how I, the clients kind of come to me. So this is an awesome question because it's essentially how we make money. Like finding and getting placed in front of your ideal client is the reason you're going to make money and you're going to succeed. So what I did for my business was I strictly began um, getting involved in Facebook groups. So that was the first thing that really got my name out there was um, joining my ideal client Facebook groups and interacting on there. Not necessarily like self-posting to um, advertise because I know in most Facebook groups that's like not allowed and you'll get kicked out. But just if there was a question about something in my industry that I knew would be beneficial to somebody in that group, I would post and comment and then others in the group might click on my website or just like hop around on socials and figure out who I am. That's like step one of um, just like getting out there, like showing your name and then finding exposure because that stuff is going to be done for you. You don't necessarily have to do anything. Like if you were to post your website link on a Facebook post, like people are going to see that from months and months away. Um, so it's something that's kind of passive and that's being done for you, even if you're not out there marketing yourself. But once and after I decided to join those Facebook groups, the next next thing that I did was I started doing hashtag research. I did a course from the Social Bungalow on Instagram that was um, Five Figure Instagram. And if you haven't done this like self-taught course or program, whatever, I highly recommend it because I think that that's honestly the reason why I feel like my Instagram game is so strong. Now, I'm not here to like brag and literally say that my Instagram game is the strongest or the best, but I feel like I do have a general knowledge and grasp of how Instagram works, and it's because of um, the five-figure Instagram. So in that course, um, Shannon talked a lot about hashtag research, and at this point in my business, I was not like doing anything. I was honestly just like had my website up and was just interacting on Facebook groups. But I wanted to get a little bit more serious and I wanted to have control over who I wanted to work with. So, oh my goodness, there is thunder in the background. Um, sorry about that. But um, in order to like have control of my clients, I wanted to start researching hashtags that they were hanging around on. So what Shannon had told us to do was to follow some of your ideal clients on who you might want to work with and then go on their posts to um, look around on what hashtags they're using and make note of those. You can follow those hashtags or you can just click on a hashtag and then see the top and latest post for that hashtag. When you do that, you literally are in like a pool of just like, um, targeted people. So one of the most popular hashtags for us is like dietitians of IG. And what we'll do is we'll click on that hashtag. We'll look around to see if anybody looks like an ideal client or a great fit. And then we'll go to their profile. We'll engage with their content. Sometimes we'll send them a message and instantly like a connection is made. Like they might see my name up on their screen and this just in turn gets that exposure and sometimes leads into a follow which might lead into a conversation and you know the big spiel about that. 
So if you are new in business or you are just kind of like, how the heck do I find ideal clients? Join those Facebook groups for your ideal audience and look in those hashtags. So hashtags were a goldmine for me and I feel like they would be a goldmine for you too. Switching gears a little bit, another basic structural question we get asked is how we price our services and how I started pricing my services when I first started. So in an episode back, I'm so bad about remembering what numbers they are, but it's called Designer Chats with Kenzie Green. Me and my friend Kenzie Green Design on Instagram had a chat about... um, our like first projects that we had and how much we charged so the first project obviously that I had done like prior to an official client was obviously for free and then I think my second um second client was a branding project and that was for $20 so I'm like a huge advocate for pricing your services to be worthy of what you do and your time and all that stuff but I do also get people when they say that you need to kind of work your way up on the pricing scale so whenever I first started I obviously did some industry research I just went on Instagram and like found some other designers Instagrams and looked on their website and tried to see what they charge for their services Obviously, with me being newer in business, I wasn't up to the par to their services. So then what I did was I just calculated everything by time. And I know that people have struggles with like figuring out an hourly rate because I totally did too. So I just kind of spit out a number and like prayed that my client would accept it. And so whenever um, I first did that $20 project, I remember being so nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, like is $20 like too much? And now I'm just like, oh my gosh, Chloe. But just do some industry research. Um, In the brand and website industry, there's lots of different packages you can go for. So um, it's always like great to consider that. But also as you grow more in business, you're obviously going to gain experience by every project you have. So that's also something to keep into consideration. That is a huge reason why I don't like being booked out so far in advance. Um, And it's not saying that I do any of this for the money, but let's just say for an example that I book out six months in advance. So it is currently August um, and let's say that I was booking for like February or March of next year. If I were booking those projects right now, I am booking the pricing that I am right now. And honestly, whenever I reach that next year point, like February, March, whenever, my skills are going to be so much better than it is now in August. And I know that because I literally... Um, get better every project. I learn something new every project. I feel like I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to do a different style this project. And so when you book that far out, you're like being your own limiting belief because you're booking at a rate that you currently are now. So um, I know a lot of people like talk about pricing and there's just so many things to consider like the time how much um, experience you have, how long it took you to learn something, and especially on the development side, it's very, very important to price yourself for your time because with custom coding and development, 
you are literally doing something so specific for the user and that's going to take a lot of time and a lot of hard work to do that. Um, So just thinking about those things and finding an area that you are comfortable with. Although I did charge the $20 for that first project, it made me happy to book a client and that's all that matters. And so currently with our prices, like I'm happy with where they're at. Um, We are going to undergo a price increase at the end of this year. But um, right now, this is a great point in time where I think that prices accurately reflect our process, our team, our skill set, and everything that we have to offer. But once we push out a lot of um, secretive and new things coming in at the new year, that's when our prices will change because we have lots of new things coming in. All right, another question that we get asked about our structure and processes is, What is the most important software to invest in when you're first in business? Um, uh, This is just such a hard question because I'm trying to remember back to what my first investment was. Number one, um, it's not a software, but get on Instagram. Like, get on Instagram. I can't even stress that enough because Instagram is just so great. It's a platform where you can be active on... um, like all the time if you want, you can be active whenever, you kind of have control over it and that's what I really like about it. Um, But as far as business softwares, for me, I would definitely get into a project management software. So the first thing that I um, invested in, I know was Dubsado. Dubsado is my client management system. It manages my invoices, my forms, everything like that. I actually saw Dubsado from like another um, designer and I looked into it and I was like, okay, yes, this is exactly what I need. So I would definitely look into a platform where you can just manage all of your clients. Like where is all of your clients going to get housed? Prior to Dubsado, I was just mapping them out in like a Google Sheets and it was just a mess. Like everything was so manual. Like I was sending people Google Forms and it just wasn't as organized as I would like it to be. Um, and so that is kind of why I invested in that first. Second was that project management software that I'm thinking of. Um, I used Trello for like an internship whenever I was in college. So that is what I used to begin with. More thunder. Um, but once I was kind of exposed to all the other project management platforms I did not like Trello I'm more like a list view person so then I moved over to Asana and I used that for like maybe a year and a half and now I've moved over to ClickUp and I feel like I could not live without a project management software Um, and so I have an episode about how I structure our business through ClickUp. I highly encourage you to read, to listen to that after this episode and just listen how we structure things and how you can use ClickUp for business. We're actually coming out with a freebie soon for ClickUp. And if you're all into like organization, Google Calendar, you need this freebie. Something else I also invested in early on, it's not necessarily a software, but it was a lot of education. I went to college for business administration with a focus in information technology, and so I had classes that were not design focused. I had more development focused work. 
So I had database work, I had web work, I had literally all of the development application side of things. And so whenever I started my business, I struggled in the graphic design area. And so what I did was I utilized some free um, softwares that college gave us like lynda.com. But then I started investing in like other coursework like I said earlier, The Social Bungalow, um, she has lots of great resources like Five Figure Instagram. She has Live Launch Academy. Um, there's another one that I bought. I think that was so good. Um, but just continue educating yourself, continue improving. And I always think that that's like and a great investment to start when you're in business because you want to show your ideal clients that you're constantly learning. You don't want to be stagnant in an area with your skill set and um, it's just always good to be having a continual education. I'm literally going to take note of this as I'm talking because um, I haven't invested in education in a while but I definitely need to get back on track with that. I I don't know why I haven't um, gotten some education recently. I think it's just because I've been bogged down with work but um, that's not an excuse so there is my reminder to do that. All right, next up is how I organize my finances for CCS. This is a conversation that like nobody talks about. Nobody ever wants to talk about how much they make or how much money is going into their business or whatever, but I'm going to be super transparent because I want y'all to learn and have all the resources that you need to organize your finances for your business. So I honestly have always tracked my finances in a Google Sheets. I have like one parent sheet that has lots of different individualized sheets that you can kind of toggle between this and this. So as I started growing and getting more income, I obviously had to be more organized. And so um, this wasn't until like maybe a year ago, um, I really started honing in onto my financial process. So I have a Google Sheet, like I said, that is basically all of my business income. So I'm actually going to navigate to it right now so that I can kind of walk y'all through it. So um, my business really started ramping up in January of 2020. So I created a sheet for income before 2020. And then I have um, in columns client name, company name, payment amount, the date they paid me, the platform they paid me on, and then the service that I did. So I know that that's a lot of things, but that's just something that my mind kind of needed to know whenever I was looking at my finances. So after I logged everything that was before 2020, I now started making monthly sheets. So I can go back to January 2020 and see, um, who paid me that month, what they paid me, where they paid me, um, and then the like profited amount that month. So not until this year, I began um, chatting with my husband. So he has a degree in supply chain and logistics, but he's a pricing analyst for a corporation here in North Carolina. And he honestly has been such a great um, hand of help in my finances. 
So he took a look at everything and was like, okay, you definitely need to be doing something different. And so what we did was we have an entire sheet now of everything that I've made. We started in January 2021 and are doing this exactly for the entire year. So now what we do is we record the month, day, and the year of when somebody pays me. We have a column on if it's an income or an expense. So yes, I record when somebody pays me, but I also record when I pay something for my business. So um, that means literally any sort of thing that I pay for. It can be um, fonts on Creative Market, it can be employees, etc etc I just knock that down and I report it as an income or an expense and then I still record the client name the company name um, the payment amount if it's an income the expense amount if it's an expense what platform that was on the service or type of expense it was and then here is the most important thing that Luke added in onto my income sheet it's a tax forecaster so with this tax forecaster, it's honestly just a column that um, is a calculated field for a certain amount of percentage that we estimate for taxes. And so before I chat about this a little bit more, I want to backtrack. Have you ever been on Instagram and see somebody on stories like, oh my gosh, I hit my very first 10K month. Um, Woohoo, this is so exciting. Honestly, my first thought whenever I see that is, is it actually a 10K month? Are you taking out your expenses? Are you taking out your uh, projected taxes? Are you doing this? And so whenever I kept seeing that, I was like, okay, I want to make 100% sure that whenever I hit 10K months that they are exactly 10K months. So that's where this tax column comes in and that's where the expenses come in. So after I record my expenses and my incomes for the month and my taxes, what we estimate is 25%. So for each income that we get, I just go ahead and take out 25% of that income to a lot for taxes. Then Luke created me a pivot table, which like I remember learning about this in college and in high school some. And I just like, I still don't understand it. So I'm thankful that he's here to help me do that. But he created a pivot table where it tells me my revenue for the month. It tells me my taxes that we've estimated for the month and my expenses for the month. And then it will give me my profit, which is the um, revenue minus taxes minus expenses. And then there's my final amount. And then we also have like grand totals of each category, revenue, taxes, expenses. And honestly, this is all just like an estimator for what I might have to be prepared for at, for tax season or anything like that. And it just makes it easier whenever you're talking with your CPA that you know how much expenses you have and all that good stuff. So it keeps us organized and it just kind of helps us to be aware that when we are actually making 10k months it's actually 10k months um so just keep that in mind if y'all ever need like a template for the way that we have our finances let me know i can literally create like a freebie or something on our email list to send to y'all um so if you ever need that if you listen to this episode and you want it just dm me and i'll send it to you because um he made like a pretty cool template but he's kind of the um 
credibility for uh, all things finances over here. Last but not least, I want to talk to y'all about the behind the scenes day of a designer and a business owner. Um, I'll kind of do it in like a week standpoint just because that's easier for me to kind of tell y'all how our weeks are structured. But this is essentially something that we've made and that we do. So our structure and our schedules might not work for your business and that's totally okay. So I'm an early bird. I wake up around 5.36 in the morning. I walk the dogs and I have some coffee. I read the Bible and I sit down. Luke makes breakfast. He's a gym. And then after that, I do a Peloton sometimes. By that time, it's about 8 o'clock, 8.30. And that's when I sit down to do my work. On Monday mornings from 9 to like 10 sometimes, we have our weekly team meetings. And in this weekly team meeting, we kind of just chat with each other. It's good to catch up all the time. But then we talk about what projects we're working on. So my marketing coordinator, she lets everybody know what she's doing. My creative director lets everybody know what they're doing. And then I tell both of them what I'm doing. This essentially just lets us know that we're all on the same base and know um, the mood for the week and what we're going to be working on that week. After that meeting, for me, what I do is I immediately start diving into emails. Usually when Monday morning comes around, I have a lot of missed emails that I haven't gotten to get to or I have unfinished emails from Friday or Saturday or whenever the last time I was on my computer and those need to be done first. So I'll do email cleanup, all that good stuff, and then I'll dive right into work. I usually work from like after that meeting on Monday to like lunch. Sometimes lunch gets pushed to like 12.30 or 1. And then I'll have lunch and then I'll go right back into client work after that. Um, that essentially is how easy my day is. I'm just like focused in on work all of the time. Like during my day, I just try to get as much client work as I can. And then once it hits like 5, I don't want to be doing anything or I try not to be doing anything. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays are our meeting days around here. So that means podcast interviews are done that day. Um, potential client calls, revision calls, current client calls. If you need me calls, I'm on there on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I implemented this because I used to have it open in a full week's um, schedule. But then I was constantly having to stop work here, stop work there. And that did not work for my schedule. I could never get anything done. So what I did was I just designated Tuesdays and Thursdays to those days. And that has worked great. Wednesdays, once again, are client days. And Fridays are kind of take it easy, wrap things up for the week and try to figure out what I'm doing in the next week. So that's where Izzy comes in. She usually um, meets with me on Fridays to discuss what's going up on the next week for social content. And that is just like how we do our work around here. Um, I just wanted to touch like a brief base on the day of the designer and how I kind of structure things. I'm just, I don't know, I'm super structured. So that's just how my days are. They're kind of similar across every day, except for Mondays when we have those team meetings and Tuesdays and Thursdays, which are my call days. Um, but otherwise, we are at the end of this episode. 
hopefully all of this I know that it's a little bit longer than it normally is on Brandon Brew but hopefully this is just like so helpful and eye-opening for you if you're a new business owner if you're somebody in business and you're just listening to my business structure then I welcome that um, but next week we'll be chatting with my creative director, Amy. She's going to be talking about like her day as a creative director at CCS. And then she's also going to touch base about our branding process and how working with us for your branding kind of looks like from her perspective and how we kind of team up to do things around here. So I hope y'all have a great rest of your day. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope you have an amazing day and I will chat with y'all next week when we see Amy.